The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. What a play! Can you believe this? <laughs> no, I can't. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. <laughs> this is going to go the distance. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. It is top five week, and today it's quarterbacks. We'll talk about the top five quarterbacks for Jamie and Heath which are the same exact five players in a slightly different order. So it's not going to be much of a debate show, but we'll just talk about them in general, pros and cons. We could debate Dave. We could debate Dave's a little bit different. I know he has Tom Brady in there, um, and that is it. And he has Brady fifth. <laughs> That's the only difference here. But it's, you're going to see Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, and Patrick Mahomes. They're top three for everyone. What's and the then, consensus? What's the ADP? I'll tell you ADP in a second. For Heath, number four is Lamar Jackson, and number five is Jalen Hurts. And for Jamie, number four is Jalen Hurts, and number five is Lamar Jackson. When you guys look at your top five, do you think they really stand out from the rest of the quarterback class? Do you think they should be a priority for fantasy managers? Jamie, how do you see your top five compared to the rest of the group? I I think six, seven, and eight are also pretty impressive, too. You know, uh, probably nine also. Uh, maybe 10, maybe 11, 13, <laughs> 15. I mean, you know, it's such a deep position. Um, you know, you're, you're shooting for who can be number one. And I, I think there are six guys that could be number one. Uh, Heath, Heath, what about you? Yeah, I've got Allen, Herbert, and Mahomes all within like a point and a half in total projections. And then 10 points below them are, are Brady, Jackson, and Hertz, all within less than a point. Um, so I've got a little bit of separation. And I was thinking about that with us doing a mock draft today. When we, it really like it bothers me a little bit the way quarterbacks get drafted in our mock drafts and knowing how um, normal drafts go. And it really kind of hit its peak when we did our pick by pick, I think, last week. And that will show up in the magazine that people will get to see. But I think we should have a rule in our mock drafts where, like, you must take a quarterback within 12, you can't take him more than a round later than his ADP. Well, who's going to go first? <laughs> well, I, you know, well, tell me what you think about this ADP because Josh Allen is number one, Mahomes, Herbert, Joe Burrow, number four, which I know we don't agree with, and then Lamar Jackson's five, Jalen Hurts is all the way down at QB nine, but Josh Allen's at twenty fifth, Mahomes and Herbert are basically at thirty six, end of round three, and then there's no quarterbacks taken until round five, and that's Joe Burrow, and then Lamar Jackson is at 61. Kyle we have, but we 62. have several mock drafts where maybe one goes in the first three rounds, but usually none go in the first three rounds. I feel like we're only maybe a round, round and a half behind everybody instead of three rounds. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, no, in our drafts, you're going to see a lot of quarterbacks go in the 60s, and that's Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, Tom Brady, Dak Prescott in NFC ADP since May 1st. That's quarterbacks five, six, seven, eight. I don't, I don't think we're that far off from this well, NFC. Now, maybe this NFC is far off from what, what you know general ADP will be. 
Right. And NFC drafts are a combination of dynasty and best ball and um, like high dollar, high stakes. Probably not. Uh, there will be a lot of difference between those and our ADP in August. Yeah. Well, I'm looking at the Fantasy Pros ADP and Josh Allen. It's, the order is Josh Allen, Mahomes, Herbert, Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, Burrow, six here, which is a little bit better. Um, and the overall is Josh Allen, 22, Mahomes, 29, Herbert, 37, Lamar, 49, and Kyler, 57. So it's usually typically the first quarterback because once yeah. you get past that, that first number, then it starts to kind of settle into where we would say it's not bad. Yeah. Right. You know, it's, it's still early for what most analyst drafts look like, but it's still not horrible. You know, when you're talking about, you know, rounds five and six for when you're getting your quarterback, that's not bad value by any stretch. You know, it's just that it's just seeing Allen yeah. in round two or, you know, in the case, 25th overall. Okay. All right. We're going to get into the top five. Then we got a lot of news, a lot of news to get to more like uh, reports and not injuries or anything like that. So it's good news. It's interesting stuff. Some quotes, some stats and your emails at fantasy football at CBSI.com quote of the day. Number one, you got to love this from Justin Herbert quote. I feel like I just get bored sometimes without football End quote. Right on, Justin Herbert. I love it. I know somebody who loves that quote. Who? Pete Prisco. <laughs> who wouldn't like that? I mean, that's great. And he's talking about he doesn't really like to go on vacation. He thinks that football is his vacation. Well, so, let me let me amen. ask you this. Because, I, I mean, obviously, as as if you love football players, you love to hear stuff like this. But there's the story about Anthony Davis who says he hasn't picked up a basketball since April. Um, he's obviously one of the best players in the league when he's healthy and you know, was he top 75 player? I have no idea. Top 25 ever. No, 75. Was he in the 75 list? I doubt it. I kind of think he should be He's in the conversation. Yeah. Um, But he wants to do other things. (laughs) I mean, it's his time. Um, Yeah. I mean, you, you, you love to hear Justin Herbert say that. Yes. Anthony Davis was on the 75th anniversary team. Good. Um, yeah, okay. Quote of the day number two from Chase Claypool. I know for a fact I'm not like the rest of the guys in the NFL. I know I'm a top five receiver. I know I'm a top three receiver. Uh, that was interesting. You, know, you like the bravado, whatever. Uh, we don't think he's a top three receiver. But he did say, I thought this was even more interesting from Claypool. My second year, I was a better football player than I was my first year. The plays just didn't work out. Some of the plays didn't go my way. I didn't make some plays I needed to make. But as a football player, understanding the game, knowing what to do, knowing where to be, I was better. So I'm going to be better this year. All right, Claypool. Go, go for it. It works out well for my third-year receiver story. That's going to be sometime next week. Yeah, yeah. probably you can even put it in a second-year receiver story. I think he's definitely a top-three receiver on the Steelers. <laughs> uh, he also predicted 1,300 receiving yards and 10-plus touchdowns. So he could be a steal. I mean, if he comes I think through. we've said it a, a, a lot that – he is probably the most held back, or he was probably the most held back by Roethlisberger's inability to throw downfield with a lot of success, right? So I remember midseason, Sports Illustrated did a breakdown of it, and actually, he was the worst. He was, he was really bad on those deep routes, and, and Roethlisberger was among the league leaders in go routes thrown at that point. I don't know how it ended up turning out. But Clay, he and Claypool just could not get on the same page. Claypool wasn't really doing anything to win those routes, as I recall. Uh, I know it's a little bit fuzzy. It's been months now, but, uh, you know, I wouldn't just, based on that, I remember it very well. I wouldn't just blame Roethlisberger for it. Um, Plus, Roethlisberger threw a ton, 
So maybe the percentage of his throws weren't all that deep. I don't know. But he probably threw a decent amount of deep balls to, to Claypool, you know? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm sure you're right. Just it, it feels like some better quarterback play would yeah. help him. Sure, yeah. Okay, speaking of better quarterback play, here is your stat of the day. If you look at the top 12 quarterbacks per game last year in six-point-per-passing touchdown leagues, who was number one in terms of fantasy points through yards alone? Remove touchdowns. Who scored the most fantasy points per game? Per game in yards. What do you guys think? Brady? Brady was seventh. Because you're doing passing and rushing yards combined. Yes. Okay. Oh. And obviously divided. I know pe- the answer because I gave this stat a lot during the season last year, I think. <laughs> it, it was not even close. He averaged 4.4 more points per game in yards alone than number two, who was Josh Allen. And it was Heath. Lamar Jackson. It was Lamar Jackson. I think he averaged 40 more yards per game last year than he averaged during his MVP season. Two years ago, he, though, was was sixth per game in, in, yard, in fantasy points by yards. But I did break that down if anybody's interested. Um, Kyler Murray's been top three two straight seasons in fantasy points on yards alone. Josh Allen's been top five. Patrick Mahomes has been top four. Lamar Jackson was first last year and sixth in 2021. Just something to think about. It depends on how much you value touchdowns and, and you, well, all that stuff. And we'll see where they go in our live stream today. Tune in on YouTube, youtube.com slash fantasy football today, 1 p.m. Eastern on Tuesday. If you miss it, it'll be on demand. All of our videos, all of our podcasts are on demand. You can watch us, youtube.com slash fantasy football today. Go there and subscribe. But basically, from this point forward, we're going to have a mock draft every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern. We're going to have special guests on. Today, it's a half PPR draft. Next week, it's going to be a Scott Fishbowl mock draft. Scott Fish, who's in the chat right now, uh, is going to join us uh, next week, and uh, we'll get you set for that. And it's going to be really fun. So please, youtube.com slash fantasy football today. And if you're already here, hit like on the video and hit subscribe. I've been very informal, very businesslike today. Did you guys have a nice Father's Day weekend? Nice three-day weekend? Very good. Thank you. How about you? No, it wasn't good because you guys um, didn't wish me a happy birthday. That really hurt. It was your birthday? It was my birthday. On Father's Day. You didn't wish me either. So it was a terrible weekend. Yeah. <laughs> Did your family know at least? They do, yeah. They do. Good. That's good. Yeah. Ah, I feel terrible. I'm sorry. You should be. In fact, you texted me about fantasy baseball on my birthday. You didn't even say happy birthday. Wow. Yeah. No, I feel terrible. I do not literally no idea of when anyone I work with's birthday is. Sorry. <laughs> Maybe if I'm Facebook friends with you, I will see the notification <laughs> pop up on Facebook. But I'm not Facebook friends with you, I don't think so. One of these years, Facebook <laughs> friends. The all problem right. is one of us has to send the friend request. Yeah, no right. you know, that that be, that's got to be one of our bets. <laughs> Next time we debate a player, the loser has to uh, send the Facebook invite. And the winner can decide if he wants to accept it or not. <laughs> all right, top five quarterbacks. For Jamie, it's Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes. Same for Heath, same for Dave. And then four or five are just flip for you guys. Jamie has Jalen Hurts four and Lamar Jackson five, and Heath has Lamar Jackson four and Jalen Hurts five. Uh, of your top five quarterbacks, which one has the most upside? Which quarterback has the most upside? Um, Lamar? I mean, yeah. uh, Jalen. Sorry, Jalen Hurts. What? I, what? Think what? I think it's Lamar. 
Okay, Jamie, let's talk about this. You have him, you have Jalen Hurts ahead of Lamar Jackson. Isn't he just a poor man's Lamar Jackson, and now he has more upside than Lamar Jackson? Yeah. All right, let's go. Go ahead. Lay it out. Well, I mean, you saw what he was able to do as a passer in the beginning part of last season when they actually allowed him to throw the ball. I think it was 32 attempts per game, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I'll, I'll pull it up in a second. Um but if he continues to rush like he did and he throws, if he continues to rush like he did the entire season and he throws to the level that he did at the beginning part of the year, I think he could come close to doing what Lamar Jackson did in his MVP season. Now, that's a huge leap. Obviously, he's got to get there. But I think we could see a 4,000, 1,000 type of season from Jalen Hurts. And so um, the thing that concerns me about Lamar Jackson is who is going to be his receiving core? I mean, you know, you got the report. I'm sure you're going to say it that they're going to sign a veteran at some point. Yeah. Who's that going to be? <laughs> you know what I mean, is it going to be what's left of Julio Jones? Is it going to be maybe Will Fuller? Doesn't seem like it's going to be Beckham, who, who may not be ready even until November. Um, I just don't know where the, the, the passing numbers are going to come from to support Lamar Jackson right now. Now, that could change. And obviously, I still love him. He's a top five quarterback. Um, but I think if Jalen Hurts, if everything clicks, he's going to be the best quarterback in fantasy. Uh, yeah, I think that's true of, of most of the top five. Um, I'll say Lamar just because I'm not sure that this year's version of Rashad Bateman will be any worse than the 2019 version of Mar- Marquise Brown. Um, he didn't have a very good receiving core when he was the MVP and the best quarterback in fantasy. Um but I think Jay, it's one of those two for me as well. I, I saw a stat, and I'll try to get it right, but Jamie said the 4,000-1,000. I believe Jalen Hurts' first quarterback ever with 4,000-1,000 in his first 20 starts. Uh, uh, by the way, Jamie, it was 34.6 pass attempts per game in his first seven games, at which point he was the number three quarterback per game in four-point-per-passing touchdown leagues, number six in six-point-per-passing touchdown leagues. By the way, to throw a little love to the four-point people, how would your rankings, how would your top five change in four-point per passing touchdown leagues? Right now, it's Allen, Herbert, Mahomes, and then either Hurts, Lamar Jackson, or Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts. How would it change in four-point? Hurts, Jackson. No, Allen, Hurts, Jackson, Herbert, Mahomes. I, um, like... I just switched it over to projections. I would probably still rank Allen number one because I'm a coward, but projections-wise, it's Hurts, Jackson, Allen, Herbert, Kyler. But could you really imagine taking Jalen Hurts over jo- over uh, like Justin Herbert or Patrick Mahomes in a league, even if it's four-point? Would you really do it? You have to have yeah. confidence in him. Well, you probably don't have to. I don't know. I, I, what is the NFC ADP, by the way? Is it four or six-point? Probably a mix. Mm. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what the four point ADP will be. Uh, which top five quarterback has the most downside? Jalen Hurts. It's Hurts. <laughs> yeah, it's Jalen Hurts. Okay. Which top five quarterback do you think you'll draft the most? Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts. <laughs> <laughs> he is the answer to all questions. Um, what, which top five quarterback has a name that is a subject and verb? Hurts. <laughs> Jalen Hurts. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> first names. I was like, huh? Um, which non top five quarterback has the most potential to move into the top five before or during draft season? Uh, Russell Wilson for me. That's the one I, I keep moving up and down. 
Um, he's sixth right now. So uh, I can see Brady also potentially getting there uh, if Godwin is 100%, but doesn't seem like that's going to be the case. But otherwise, I think it's kind of locked in for me. Yeah, it's Brady, and it'd probably take something negative happening for Lamar or Hurts for that to happen. I've actually got Brady projected like a half a point better than those two, but I think they have quite a bit more upside, so I've got them ranked ahead of him, but he's right behind them. All right, so let's talk about these quarterbacks here. Josh Allen's number one, and he has been, last year he was number one per game and, and overall. In 2020, he was number one in four point, number two in six point, but on a per game basis, he was number three in both. But still, that's that's really tremendous. Um, you know, I, I look. I'm just obviously he's going to be the number one quarterback drafted in most drafts. But the yards per carry actually went way up, and the rushing yards went way up. 763 rushing yards in 17 games in 2020. He was on pace for. 474 rushing yards on only nine fewer attempts. I'm just nitpicking here, but, you know, the, the, the passing stats weren't great. The completion percentage was pretty crappy. And uh, the rushing totals really, really helped him a lot. Is is there a, a hidden downside here with Josh Allen Heath, or is he just super safe and should definitely be QB1? I don't think he's super safe at all. I mean, it's, even though he is a bigger quarterback, he's still a running quarterback, which gives you more injury risk than the guys that don't run as much. And he takes some big hits being one of those bigger guys. Um, but also, like you said, he's really got one season as a significantly above average efficiency passer. Um, he still had enough volume last year to where he threw, had the yards and the touchdowns, but it wasn't because he had a good yards per attempt or anything like that. So I think the risk would be that Brian Dable's gone. Sean McDermott doesn't want Josh Allen to run as much, and he's just mediocre as a passer, and he's still probably a top six fantasy quarterback, but hes I don't think he's a surefire top three guy by any stretch. What about you, Jamie? Is Josh Allen super safe, or is there hidden downside? Or both? I don't think there's... I don't... I mean, yes, he's safe. I, I don't necessarily look at the the downside as as a as a significant detractor to him um you know i think the only question would be is do you think that somebody else and for me it would be mahomes or herbert herbert mahomes in that order have a higher ceiling because of any other of the factors that they're dealing with you know mahomes being motivated you know he's already talked about the the afc championship loss still haunts him and you know the new receiving core and trying to send a message to the league that i'm still the best and i'm going to prove it without tyree kill or herbert just taking the natural maturation process of a young quarterback you know coming into his own that really hasn't maybe even fulfilled his, his potential yet or you know his ceiling may have already happened but uh the ceiling is still pretty good and so it's not necessarily a fear of josh allen failing because I don't think the things that are around him are, are a problem. Um, I just think he's kind of established himself as that guy. All right, if you're sitting there going, well, here's one thing that could change. The rushing touchdowns could go down, and they did go down last year. Uh, so the last six games of the season, including the playoffs, Devin Singletary scored eight rushing touchdowns. In those games, Josh Allen had two rushing touchdowns, both in the same game. But he actually, Josh Allen actually had four carries from inside the five-yard line in that stretch, which is really a lot. Four carries and six games inside the five-yard line. And that was with Devin Singletary scoring eight rushing touchdowns in those six games. All right, let's go to Justin Herbert here. 
And my question for you about Herbert, Justin Herbert, by the way, was uh, number three per game and overall last year. He threw for 5,000 yards. He rushed for 302 yards, and he accounted for 41 touchdowns in 17 games. Heath, how does Justin Herbert get better? You know, what improves for him? Because he had a pretty damn good season, and he threw a ton. Like, what, what improves for him? Well, I think that's the biggest question. Like, I feel like he's safer than Josh Allen is. Um, but I don't know that he has the same upside that Allen or Jackson or Mahomes or Hertz has. Uh, he's been right around 26 fantasy points per game each of his first two years in the league. Now, he hasn't had the insane efficiency yet. He's just at 7.4 yards per attempt, so he could have an 8 yards per attempt season, and that would, I mean, that'd probably give him an extra 30 points from uh, from from yards. Or he could have one of those 6.5%, 7% touchdown seasons it's going to have to come through efficiency, I think, because you're not going to see him probably throw a lot more than 672 passes. And I don't think he's going to add a lot of production on the ground either. So he needs to have one of those efficiency spike seasons that we haven't totally seen from him yet. What do you think, Jamie? How does how does Justin Herbert get better uh, after a 5,000-yard, 300-rushing-yard, 5,000-passing, 300-rushing-yard, 41-total-touchdown season? I think he just stays the same, to be honest with you. You know, you want to see him stay at this level. Now, you know, you could see another 5,000-yard season with maybe another couple of touchdowns, however it comes. Um, there's going to be a lot of fun games in that AFC West. You know, a lot of, you know, potential shootouts. As good as these defenses potentially could be with some of the additions that they made, Chargers included. I mean, we saw last year that the offensive line was much more solidified for the Chargers. Uh, the aggressiveness of the play caller uh, was a little bit better as well. You know, Brandon Staley not being afraid to go for a fourth down, so giving Justin Herbert some extra chances, which we love to see. Um, I think it comes down to, you know, can Mike Williams stay healthy and, and and play the way he did at the beginning of the season? Can Keenan Allen continue to produce at a high level? Same thing with Austin Eckler. And then maybe now the addition of another weapon, whether it be Gerald Everett as a more athletic tight end. We have the report about him being used on jet sweeps and, you know, different ways that they certainly couldn't use Jared Cook. Or maybe it's Josh Palmer taking that step forward or Jalen Guyton, one of those other receivers. And then you just have some added production coming that way. But, uh, I mean, Justin Herbert is just coming into his own, which is just so amazing to watch. I'll give you one thing uh, that maybe could improve. He was number one in the NFL in Justin Herbert. Pass attempts in goal-to-go situations from the five-yard line or in or inside, right? So it's... Goal to go at the five-yard line or closer. Justin Herbert led the NFL with 30 pass attempts. Among all players with 10 or more pass attempts, he was 19th in touchdown rate. So he really struggled. I mean, how many of those bounced off Mike Williams' chest? But, yeah, he could have thrown more touchdowns, right? I mean, 38 touchdowns. Why not 45? He could have that kind of year, too, uh, if they keep throwing the ball as aggressively as they did. Most pass attempts, goal-to-go situations— um, inside the five-yard line or including the five-yard line, and he was only 19th in touchdown rate with a minimum of 10 attempts. So that's something that could could work in his favor. All right, I think we'll take a quick break here. We'll talk about Patrick Mahomes. You want to know how he did in his career seven games uh, since the start, since his breakout season, seven games without Tyreek Hill or with Tyreek Hill leaving early with an injury? How did Patrick Mahomes do? What will that mean in 2022? We'll tell you after this quick break. 
What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Talking more about the top five quarterbacks here, and we're up to number three, Patrick Mahomes. Number one was Josh Allen. Number two, Justin Herbert. Number three is Patrick Mahomes. So how did he do without Tyreek Hill? Well, I am going to scroll there. He did very well without Tyreek Hill. So it's seven games in his career with Hill either leaving with an injury or missing entirely. And here are the fantasy points. Six point for passing touchdown leagues. Rounded up, rounded down. 33, 40, 34, 18, 21, 17, and 30. That is 30 or more fantasy points in four of those seven games. 17 to 21 in three of those games um, where he just was missing the touchdowns. But, I mean, the yards were really good in most of those games. So I would say you look at that, and that's QB1-ish potential. I, I didn't do the average, but five, four of seven games with 30 or more fantasy points, I mean, he was, he's been terrific. Does that mean anything to you, Jamie, when you look at Mahomes? Because, you know, it's, it's even better now. He didn't have MVS. He didn't have Juju Smith-Schuster. He didn't have Sky Moore in those games. Um but does that stat at all mean anything to you? Mahomes very good in his career without Tyreek Hill. Yeah, it's it's very similar to Aaron Rodgers without Devontae Adams. You know, I mean, we we see, I think, maybe a heightened sense of awareness for these quarterbacks that they have to play a little bit better when they don't have the 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 playmaking wide receiver on their side. But I also think it gives them a little motivation of what they have to do as well. And so, you know, I I, I think you just kind of understand that they've had a full offseason to sort of work this out. Um, you know, there'll be some growing pains. We saw with the Chiefs offensive line last year, for example. You know, there were some growing pains when they added the new players and it took a little bit of time. Uh, but I think this is, you know, something that can invigorate somebody like Andy Reid, who, you know, has seen everything in the league and now he gets another chance to sort of recreate this offense. And what we saw last year, remember, teams were taking away the downfield throws from them and they had to sort of, you know, do this on the fly. So um, I think Mahomes will be fine. You know, it's, uh, it, it's a good group. It doesn't have necessarily the the star of the group in terms of the receiving core. Obviously, Kelsey's a star. But in terms of, you know, can Sky Moore become that guy? Is Juju still have the ability to be that guy? Um, can MVS be something different than what we've seen? And so there's there's a lot to like about what this group can become. And so I think it just keeps Mahomes at a very high level. So, uh, yes, the stat does matter. But, you know, I, I think it's a different offense 
in a sense, entirely because of the new faces. You know, Heath, I'm going to I'm going to get fired up here. I'm going to give you an argument. I don't believe it. This is not an Adam Azer actual argument. I'm just going to speak on behalf of concerned fantasy managers. All right. We don't want Patrick Mahomes. He was QB5 on a per-game basis last year with Tyreek Hill. He averaged 7.4 yards per attempt. That was way down from his career low. His air yards were extremely low. His 98.5 passer rating was well below his previous career low of 105.3. They took away the deep ball, and that was with Tyreek Hill. They're going to be able to defend the Chiefs so much better. They might be able to take away Travis Kelsey this year. I don't want him. You can have him. He's too bad for me. That 7.4 yards per attempt and 98 passer rating are both better than Justin Herbert's career numbers, and we're taking him <laughs> after Justin Herbert. So I don't think you should probably make too much of that. I think there's legitimate reason for concern that without Tyreek Hill, the Chiefs will focus a little bit more on the run and Mahomes' efficiency won't be as good, and he doesn't run enough, and so maybe he should be sixth. I, I wouldn't discount that, but also I still think he's the best quarterback in the NFL. And I like Jamie said, they've, they've gone a different direction now. They've been so concentrated with targets between Hill and Kelsey, and now they have a lot more depth of talent, if not as much elite talent. And it's going to be really interesting to see what he and Andy Reid do with all those different weapons that have different skill sets. Um, I think Mahomes could finish anywhere from first through sixth this year, and I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if he finished lower, though, because Tyreek Hill is is a huge deal. And I won't even play the if Travis Kelsey gets hurt game because that's a little unfair. Do that to any quarterback. But if if Kelsey does get hurt, then we're talking big potential problems. But I don't know. I, if, even, if everybody stays healthy all year on every team, I think I see more downside than that because he was QB5 last year per game. Um, he doesn't stand out in rushing. right? No. He's good. 330-ish, whatever it might be, yards. It's, it's good. It's, it, it's helpful, but it's not, it's not Herbert. It's not, it's, I'm sorry, it's not Allen. It's not Jackson. It's not Hurts. It's not uh, Kyler Murray. So I, I don't know. I, I think it's pretty easy to make the case that he could finish lower than six per game. Yeah, I mean, and that's what generally we see happens, even with young younger guys, that like this is the direction they've gone, so they're going to continue going this direction. But I give a lot of credit to Allen, Mahomes, Jackson for the fact that they've shown us that 30-point upside. Yeah, he was QB5 last year at 25.4 fantasy points per game. He was like a seven-tenths of a point behind Justin Herbert. But if we're lining up their three best seasons, where Herbert's only had two, Herbert's never come close to the two best seasons that Mahomes had. Yep. All right, let's talk about the four and five. Jalen Hurts and Lamar Jackson. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be angry guy again. I like that's just suits me, since especially since you guys didn't say happy birthday. Uh, angry fantasy manager doesn't like your ranking, says, <laughs> Are you kidding? Jalen Hurts is gonna get benched. Jalen Hurts has has definitely the, not only the most downside among your top five, as you guys acknowledge, he has the most downside among all top twelve quarterbacks. And Lamar Jackson, over the last two years, uh, well, I don't have the stat right now, but per game, he was like number nine in 2020. And he was actually number 12 in six point in 2020 and number eight in four point. And he would have been number four in four point, number five in five in six point last year. Uh, if you remove the game, he got hurt. So I'm even being generous there with Lamar Jackson. And by the way, he lost Marquise Brown. Marquise Brown and Mark Andrews have accounted for about half of his touchdown passes in the last three years. And I don't know that Rashad Bateman's going to be as good as Marquise Brown. Marquise Brown was a big deal for him. 
Um, and, and they're going to run the ball a lot more. And they got J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards back, so that's going to take away more rushing touch. Well, not more than last year, but more than what we saw the previous two years. So I don't like you guys are idiots. You guys suck at this, and they should not be. Tom, Tom Brady is the best quarterback in football history. He's going to throw the ball. They led the league in pass attempts last year. You can't rank these guys ahead of Tom Brady. Come on. And Kyler Murray. Yeah. Jamie, by the way, if you're just just tuning in, this is not a real argument. This is uh, the devil's advocate. All right, Jamie, respond to all those awesome criticisms. Uh, very fair criticisms. Um, I, I think when, you, when you're looking for upside, and Heath kind of alluded to this with Lamar Jackson getting to 30 points, uh, Brady can get there um, as, as a passer. But, but obviously, you know, you're drafting these guys, and, and, and Kyler falls in this category as well if he could ever stay healthy for a full season. You know, what these guys are able to do as rushers uh, gives them such such an edge if they do what what they've shown us. Smaller sample size for Jalen Hurts. Um, Lamar Jackson's touchdown luck has been a little frustrating the last couple of years, um, last year specifically. I think, you know, you're just looking at these guys, and, and, and yes, losing Marquise Brown could be viewed as a big deal. Um, you know, guys average seven touchdowns a game, uh, a season, excuse me, um, for the last three seasons. You know, so... I, I, I'm, I'm still banking on them. I'm, I'm, I'm drafting them with the potential of them reaching their ceiling. And, you know, this is the position you can easily get away with doing that because there are so many good fallback options. And so if you are concerned about Hertz or you are concerned about Jackson um, and you are, you know, a nervous drafter, like you are Adam, where you have to take the quarterbacks <laughs> because you feel like you're going to, you know, miss um, draft too, you know, but there should still be somebody on waivers that you'll find that you could pick up if these guys do struggle or go into a little bit of a low. I don't think Hertz is getting benched as much as Gardner Minshew might have a uh, similar upside. If you want to believe that, sorry, Heath. Um, but I, I think there's, there's a chance that this Eagles offense can be special. This Ravens offense can get back to what it is, uh, what it has been, excuse me, prior to last year. And that both these guys can be competing to be the number one quarterback in fantasy. Yeah, I mean, I think the Hurts concern is valid just because he has the best backup quarterback in the NFL <laughs> on the team with him. But also, like when we've talked about this before, Jalen Hurts, his first two years in the league, maybe not quite in some areas, but as a whole, just as accurate a passer as Josh Allen and Kyler Murray. Or mm-hmm. productive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now he gets AJ so, Brown. Uh, I well, just because you guys have the same rankings, um, and I know this will spark some conversation with Jamie because just this morning he moved Hurts ahead of Russell Wilson, but in a six-point-per-passing touchdown league, I just don't think I could take Hurts over Wilson. But again, I want to see Wilson's rushing totals get back up. I Last year they were really low, but if you just look at the first four games before the injury, he was on pace for 246 rushing yards, which is which is pretty low for, for Russell Wilson. I'd like to see him back in the 350 range. Um but man, I just feel like he might throw. He really might throw fifteen more touchdowns than Jalen Hurts. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I love Russell Wilson this year. I, you know, I, and and this is why I'm, I'm going to shuffle all these guys around probably another handful of times. I, I do think that for me, the top three are locked in. But then it's four, five, six, and seven, which is um, I'll throw Brady in there too. So four, five, six, seven, eight, which is. Hertz, Jackson, Wilson, Kyler, and Brady. And Brady really right now is just the thought of not having Chris Godwin to start the season. So that's kind of why he's at the, the spot that he's at. But I think all these guys, specifically the, the running quarterbacks, what they give you with their legs, if they continue to do that, 
And I don't know if Russell's going to do that anymore, but I agree with you. I do think that he can have that many more touchdown passes than those guys. I do think that we're going to see a spike in pass attempts for him, which is why I, I, that's the biggest you know factor for me is that, you know, this is a guy that has never had the ability to come close to 300 pass attempts and maybe he does. And so if that's the case for him, uh, then we're talking about superstar potential, you know? So, um, that's the hope, you know, that's the hope is that he's, he's there or 400 pass them. Excuse me. Um, if he, if he's that type of quarterback. Yeah, I'm, I'm really have absolutely no idea how run heavy or pass heavy the Broncos, because the Packers haven't been particularly pass heavy the past few years. Rogers has been monster efficient and Wilson could be too. He's that good. Um, I, th- I do think it's more likely that he has one of those stupid efficiency years passing the ball than it, that is rushing bounces back. He's almost 34 now. Yeah, but he just ran for 500-something yards two seasons ago, right? Um, yeah. Right? He did. Yeah. But uh, I don't need it to bounce back to that. But Sorry, I think- 600 pass attempts. I don't know what I'm saying. 250 would be kind of... <laughs> <laughs> All right, you know what? That concludes our top five quarterback discussion. We've got a lot of news and notes to get to, and I'm back to... Uh, I want to give some some TV and movie takes, if you guys wouldn't mind. Heath, get the thread ready. I will get the thread ready. All right, you want my TV one or my movie one first? Um, TV. Okay. Stranger Things is one of the best shows ever made. It is... It has entered that uh, that discussion. It might be number two for me. It is so... I don't think I can put it ahead of Breaking Bad. It's number three. It is so good. And every season is just getting better and better. And season four has just completely blown my mind. Bam. I know Jamie hasn't seen it. Hasn't seen season four yet, but he... Not yet. It, it, has it entered that, that, that all-time elite discussion yet? It's definitely in the discussion for me. Um... I like I said I thought the final episode was one is one of my favorite television episodes ever. Yeah, terrific stuff. My other one trying to watch some Marvel movies uh to be part of the cool crowd since everybody watches Marvel movies except for me. So I watched Captain America. Eh, all right. That's okay. The original? Yeah, the first one. It's fine. But it's just all right? Yeah, just all right. But uh Thor was amazing. That's the best one I've seen so far. The original Thor. The Thor movies are pretty close. Like, they're probably my favorites. The new one looks fantastic. I know everybody says Ragnarok is great. I'll get to that. But the first it's Thor hilarious. is awesome. Yes. Okay, there you go. Those are my uh, movie tag. I guess I'm not going to make the thread. I'm not, I found the thread, but I have nothing to <laughs> add to the thread. Okay, good. Let's do some news and notes. James Robinson not likely to be ready for the start of training camp, according to John Reed of the Florida Times Union. Not a huge surprise, and definitely a lot at stake there with his health in terms of how it affects not only Robinson, but Travis Etienne. Uh, Deshaun Watson could be facing a lengthy suspension. When do you think we're going to find out about this? Any, any inclination of when we might get a decision about Deshaun Watson? The article I read said they were trying, they'd like to have it resolved by July 27th, which I think is when their camp opens. Okay. Maybe, maybe you know, a little quicker would be nice. The Rams are optimistic about signing Odell Beckham. He may not You'd be. You'd like it quicker for you? <laughs> what? You'd like it to be done quicker for you? For everyone. You know, like, I don't know. One thing I hope is that they're transparent about what they found. Um, you know, that, that would be helpful. Anyway. 
the Rams are optimistic about signing Odell Beckham, but he may not be available until October or October or November. And if you're wondering, thank you to Dave Richard for this. You cannot put him on an IR spot, Odell Beckham or anyone, until they are signed by an NFL team. So if you do a draft and he's still a free agent, you cannot stash Odell Beckham in an IR spot. If your commissioner allows it, fine. But technically, he will not be on IR. There's some Baker Mayfield to Carolina buzz. And uh, just gonna maybe it might just turn into salary. How much will the Browns eat of Baker Mayfield's salary? But he could be going to Carolina. James White could start the regular season on the reserve pup list. Which is interesting, Jamie. What do you think that means for the Patriots running backs? Uh, I mean, it, Pierre Strong is the interesting one, you know, just to see what they do with him. If, in fact, they do trust him to, you know, be that type of guy uh, that James White was. You know, you've noted this, that the first two games he was heavily involved in the passing game James White was. Um, there is some thought that if he's not, Strong is not the guy and White's not ready to go, does Ramondre Stevenson have a bigger role in the passing game? So, you know, I, I think any absence of James White opens the door for somebody else. And you got to throw Damian Harrison in there as well, even though he has 23 catches in his career, that those guys will be more involved in the passing game to some extent. And so, you know, it, it could also help the receiving core. It could help John D. Smith. You know, maybe they use him more in the backfield uh, and, and get him more involved that way. But uh, I would like to see James White healthy because I do think that he would help this offense. And I certainly think that he could help fantasy managers in PPR as well. So the Athletic did a piece where they asked each team writer one fantasy question, and some interesting things came out of it. So I've got, I don't know, about 10 of them, and this could be a full show. So I'm just going to put the onus on you to be to be quick, to give quick reactions to each of these. And we'll start with Arif Hassan, the Minnesota Vikings reporter. Uh, for the, All these are from The Athletic. So Arif Hassan thinks that KJ, well, first of all, he says they're going to throw the ball more. KJ Osborne could become a high-end flex play and a smart bi-week fill-in. Go. That'd be bad news for Irv Smith. Okay. Chris Burke of The Athletic for the Detroit Lions says... Amon- It'd be bad for all, everybody, though. Yeah. Uh, Chris Burke says, Amonra St. Brown will remain the preferred option on short and intermediate passing windows. Jamie. Makes sense, looking at the receiving core, especially if Jamison Williams is not ready to go. But, you know, you still got to factor in DeAndre, uh, excuse me, DeAndre Swift and, and TJ Hawkinson there, too. So... Um, good that that's the role for ARSB, but I still want to see how heavily involved he'll be. Daniel Popper covers the Chargers. Jamie made a mention of this earlier. He said the Chargers plan to get the ball in tight end Gerald Everett's hands in a variety of ways, including jet sweeps, but they think he can give more, uh, you know, more athleticism, more explosiveness out of the tight end position than Jared Cook did. That's Gerald Everett. And he also said that rookie running back Isaiah Spiller has a clear path to claiming the RB2 spot behind Austin Eckler. Heath, thoughts on Gerald Everett? I, he's a high-end number two tight end that has absolutely has top 10 upside. Jordan Rodriguez covering the Rams thinks Cam Akers will be worked into the passing game more than he was previously. And she also mentioned that Akers said he is 100% healthy. Uh, but um, she's you know, basically just brushing off what happened with Acres at the end of last year and painted an optimistic picture. Picture, Jamie. I think we're all hoping that's the case. Um, that would be the the most optimistic view. Um, Henderson's dealing with a soft tissue injury in minicamp, and Kyron Williams uh, had a broken bone in his foot. So, you know, the main competition for Acres is is not exactly 
100% picture of health right now. And I mean, I, I think Acres is going to, I hope he's going to justify what I think is going to end up being around 380p. Okay, Jeff Howe for the Patriots said that Ramondre Stevenson has impressed everyone in Foxborough this spring, and he should be even more impressive in his second season. He did also say that, you know, he won't overtake Damian Harris in his opinion, but I, just a headache. I mean, if everyone's healthy, Heath, avoid the Patriots backfield or what? As per usual, yes, I would like to stay away from them. I have, I, I gave, I bumped Stevenson up a couple of spots. Um, he's up to RB forty four for me now, but I don't have Harris in my top thirty six. It's so clear that if you're going to draft one based on ADP, Stevenson right now is one hundred eleventh. Damian Harris is seventy seventh. Well, actually, that's a little bit later than I thought he might be. But is that clear that it should be Stevenson? I don't like either one of those guys at that ADP, but I would, I'm would i closer on Stevenson than I am on Harris. Okay, next up, Joe Rexroad for the Titans says that Robert Woods should be the top Titans wide receiver in week one. Jamie, should should Robert Woods be the first one drafted? I don't think so, but I think it's, it's similar to what you just said about the Patriots running backs. If you want a piece of the Titans passing game, take the one that goes later. If Woods is right, he'll be good. He'll be great value, but how much value will either guy bring in this offense. All right, uh, we've got five more. Joe Biscaglia covers the Bills for the Athletic. Gabriel Davis is likely to bust loose as the best running mate that Stefan Diggs has had uh, in his now three seasons in Buffalo. So what does that mean to you, Heath? Stephon, or, uh, Gabriel Davis will bust loose. I mean, he's a he's, b- bust is a, is a good word to use there because he's going to boom or he's going to bust at his current ADP. I think, I mean, he could be a top 20 guy. Um, it's a little bit scary for a guy that didn't have a 600 season yet. Yeah. Jamie, uh, Joseph person of the athletic says that Carolina is going to lighten Christian McCaffrey's practice workload. He probably won't play in the preseason, but when it comes to the games, seems like he's expecting the same type of workload for Christian McCaffrey. Matt Rule basically said that at the owners' meetings. You know, they're not going to put him in the slot like some people have suggested. They're going to continue to use him as a running back. He's their best chance to win. Hopefully, the quarterback is upgraded, whether that's Baker Mayfield or Matt Corral. Um, you know, if it's still Sam Darnold, maybe the best of Sam Darnold. So we'd like to see the best uh, situation for McCaffrey. But clearly, if he's healthy, that's the most important thing. Paul Denner Jr., covering the Bengals, said that tight end Hayden Hurst is a deep sleeper. You guys agree? How deep? I mean, I guess you could call just about anyone a deep sleeper, but do you, is he more than that, Heath? Tayden Hurst, tight end for the Bengals? I think deep sleeper is the perfect way to describe him. Okay. Maybe very deep sleeper. Okay. Uh, Zach Jackson, covering the Browns, says that Donovan Peoples-Jones is a high upside fantasy sleeper. Expects him to be a starter uh, opposite Amari Cooper. And he also, I, I think this was kind of with the idea that Deshaun Watson is the quarterback, but... Uh, let's say Deshaun Watson's the quarterback, Jamie. Does Donovan Peoples-Jones deserve to be picked in the first 12 or 13 rounds of a draft, 12-team draft? No, but past that, I think he comes into play. You know, you're, you're still talking about a receiving core that is banking on the best of David Njoku, which we've barely seen. Uh, David Bell to, you know, be a very productive rookie. You know, I like him, but I don't know if he's, if he's got that ability. But Peoples-Jones has shown flashes, and he'll be the downfield threat. And so, I mean, best-case scenario for him is maybe, you know, 
becoming the Will Fuller for Deshaun Watson, which would be pretty good. Finally, Heath, Nick Kosmider covering the Broncos was asked, which Denver wide receivers style fits Russell Wilson the best? And he said, you know what he said? KJ Hamler. KJ Hamler. I think what he actually said was anybody but Jerry Judy. <laughs> because anybody who's reporting on that team right now is telling you how great Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick, and KJ Hamler is. Or... Yeah, I, he basically, he wasn't saying like Hamler's going to be the best receiver, just that the deep ball potential could be there with Hamler and Russ. What do you think? I'd like for somebody to say something nice about Jerry Judy next. <laughs> okay. okay, so let's read some emails. Fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. And don't forget, Tuesday, 1 p.m. Eastern today, 1 p.m. Eastern, join us, youtube.com slash today for a live mock draft. And if you miss it live, you can always catch it anytime on demand on youtube.com slash fantasy football today. First email comes from Greg. Dear Sam, Cliff, Norman, Diane. Let's see if Heath knows that one. Do you know that one, Heath? Sam, Cliff, Norman, Diane? It's a show about a bar. <laughs> I'm much more likely to know it than you are. It's cheers. <laughs> and they're all Celtics fans too, but real ones. I have a PPR league and a few decent keepers, but I need opinions on who to keep. Dave, I can keep these guys forever. <laughs> there is no round penalty. I will be losing my first three picks. So, okay, there's no assigned round. But these are would be his first three picks, and he has to keep three. It is a PPR league where you start three receivers and a flex. Mark Andrews, Leonard Fournette, A.J. Brown, Deontay Johnson, and D.J. Moore. Pick three. Mark Andrews, Leonard Fournette, A.J. Brown, Deontay Johnson, D.J. Moore. Remember, three receivers, PPR. First three? No, no, no penalty? Uh, they're his first three picks, but he has to keep them. So he has to keep three. So basically, no. Andrews is easy. Yeah, I'm going to go the first three. Andrews, Fournette, and A.J. Brown. Yeah. Okay. From Justin, I took over a bad dynasty team. It's PPR. That has the first overall pick and an extra first rounder, pick 108. Would you trade Alexander Madison, Russell Gage... And a 2023 third round pick for pick 202 this year. No, I would not. Well, I think I would because he's it's a rebuild, right? But they're like Russell Gage starts week one because Chris Godwin's still out and puts up 20 fantasy points, and you might get a second for him. And Madison is an injury away and maybe a year away from being the starting running back for the Vikings. Okay, so yeah, you're right, don't do it. You want to give away, like, Gage is fine. Like, if you're giving away Gage to get a second-round pick, that's fine. But I think you're giving up way too much. Second-round pick, it's a 12-team league? Yeah, it'd it'd be pick 202 in a 12-team league. I mean, that's like Damian Pierce. Like, that's not what you want. Yeah, you're right. All right, from Rob, grade the trade, Dynasty PPR 10-team league. Give up Dalvin Cook and a 2023 second-round pick. Get Tyreek Hill, J.K. Dobbins, and a 2023 fourth-round pick. So give up Dalvin Cook and a 2023 second for Tyreek Hill, J.K. Dobbins, and a 2023 fourth. Strongly prefer the Dobbins and Hill side. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. Okay, well, when you guys grade it, I'll move on to the next one. I'll say B minus. I'm going to say B plus. Okay, I'll say B just to average it out. From Eric in Waltham, 
Massachusetts, or it's probably pronounced like Wardham or something. You know, they have to pronounce everything. W-A-L-T-H-A-M. You never know with Massachusetts. This is crazy. Uh, can you guys talk more about auction strategy? We call that salary cap strategy now. What is your approach? I play in a 14-team, three-wide receiver, standard league. I was too aggressive last year, spending 70% of my budget on McCaffrey and Cook, and I missed the playoffs. That aggressiveness is better in 10-team leagues and 12-team leagues than it is in 14-team leagues. I would probably build more balanced in that format. I guess the only thing would be is, you know, how much do you know your league makes knowledge of, you know, finding sleepers? If they, if your league is very smart and sharp and they're going to, you know, get good players for, you know, dollar or, or $2, you know, the, the cheaper end guys, then you're in trouble. If, if they don't, and you have the ability to sort of pick off some of these guys that you like and think have the chance to pop, you know, lottery ticket type players, then it's an okay strategy approach and you know how you play the waiver wire. But I always prefer to be a little bit more balanced. All right, last question comes from Denim from Langley, British Columbia. Hey, Coach Yost, Lastic, Gary, and Julius. It's Jamie's favorite movie. Remember the Titans. 10-team Dynasty League. I've been offered two. I'm not going to read his whole roster. You guys can can do that. He's says he's a few years away from eventually becoming the dynasty I know I'll be. Um, so he's been offered two trades. Davis Mills, let's say, he'd be getting. Davis Mills, James Conner, pick 106 and pick 306. I do not think you can do this trade. Um, for Mark Andrews, David Montgomery, and pick 209. No way, right? No. The one thing I don't know is if it's a super flex league. It, it doesn't matter. But still. Or... Give up Mark Andrews, get TJ Hawkinson, and pick 201. No. No. Okay. Yeah, don't do it. You got to, you know, th- this this rookie class is just not that great right now. They may become great, and there's going to be some great players from it, but you start getting in the second round of most rookie drafts, and it's just not that successful for you going in. Okay, Heath, so... Here are the odds for uh, by sports line. Mm-hmm. Teams most likely to sign, or which team will Kyrie Irving open next season with, if not the Nets? Okay. Clippers plus 300. Knicks plus 400. Lakers plus 500. Mavericks plus 700. Heat plus 900. Bulls plus 1,500. I'm going to go ahead and say it's not going to be the Heat. I, I, I don't know that Kyrie Irving and Heat culture necessarily go hand in hand um i mean the most fun thing would be some sort of crazy thing that involves westbrook back with katie and kyrie back with lebron right <laughs> yeah well i think kyrie i think lebron would welcome that i don't think <laughs> KD wants any part of russell westbrook um i hope it's not the knicks that's all i'm gonna say why oh enough no it's not. well i yeah i don't like what's kyrie irving's trade value around the league right now not good, according to the article I read today. But I don't know what that means. Down. I don't know if that's not good. It was, you know, it started out sky high. It just seems like a headache. I don't. No, they're bad no, enough. I don't, I don't need them to take it. Like he's not going to be the best player on a team that wins a championship. Is he going to be the best player on the Knicks? Well, 
got RJ Barrett. Still won't be the best player on the team that wins well, the championship. Well, yeah, but I just say, would he be the best player? <laughs> All right, we're, uh, we're out of here, everybody. Thank you very much. And uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow with our top five running backs. Fantasy football today. See ya.